this is a tough topic today. I'm just going to be honest with you. And I will be as transparent with you about my struggle in it as I possibly can. Because I feel like it's important that we have this conversation about the stuff in this world, the influences in this world that are toxic. And, and, and when you think about the word influence or influencers, it's anything that has the ability to affect the character development or behavior of somebody. So we have these influences in this world that are affecting our behavior. And if they are toxic, as we learn the definition of toxic, that is anything that contains poisonous material that's capable of causing sickness or even death. So there, there are influencers, influences in this world that have a negative impact on our life and our relationships. And I think what has happened is we've become desensitized to the effect that the world has on us, that this culture has on us. Let me ask you this. What if your pastor got up here to speak and I started to use profanity? Like I would only be using it to make an emphasis, right? I would only be using it to drive the point home stronger and to get a reaction out of you. And now I kind of want to, just to see what you'll do. <laughs> if you write it on a piece of paper, I'll sign it. That's as far as I'm going to go. But there is an evil force in this world. There is, our enemy Satan, says in John 10.10, 10, he wants to come to, to do nothing but to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what he wants in your life. That's what he wants to happen to your relationships. He wants to kill them, he wants you to steal your joy, and he wants to destroy your life. But he's not going to come at you with a pitchfork and horns. He is going to come at you in the most attractive way possible and bait you in. But I will say this, we're going to take a very broad view, and then it's going to be up to you and God to figure out the specifics for your life. I think that's the appropriate way for me to handle this because you're not me and I'm not you. And what's okay for me may not be okay for you because of who you are, where you came from, what your weaknesses are, but vice versa, what's okay for you may not be what's okay for me. But there's a lot of potentially toxic influences out there. Let me just give you a short list here. Uh, movies are potentially toxic. Music is potentially toxic. Television, the internet, obviously. Social media, news outlets, magazines, video games, and friends are potentially toxic. Anything that has an effect on the character, development, or behavior of somebody is an influencer. And we as believers, as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to be the salt and the light in this world. We're supposed to be influencing. Great verse in the book of Proverbs, chapter 25, verse 26. It says this, a righteous man falling down. Now that word falling down means to slip up or to give in. 
So a righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. And the idea is that, is that a righteous man falling down before the wicked, it's like, it's like you, go to a, you go to a spring and it's, and it's full of poison. Or you go to a pool of water and it's full of mud. It doesn't do any good to anybody. And so if we're the salt and light, we're, we're the refreshing water to this world. We're Jesus, who people see. And there needs to be something about us that is different. And if we fall down and we give in and we just become like everything else and everybody else and there is no difference between us, then we are of no benefit to the world around us. So we're going to take a very broad view here, and I want to give you just a couple things to remember to kind of get things kicked off here. The first thing is that a little bit of poison goes a long way. It doesn't take much. A little bit of poison goes a long way. How much is acceptable? Right? So how much can you listen to? How many cuss words are okay? How much nudity is all right in the movie? How much is all, I mean, what is permissible? Is TV 14 okay? Man, I'm just sucking the fun right out of this room, aren't I? There's like this, there's like no one's breathing right now. Listen, I struggle with it too. We're, listen, I keep calling it a conversation, but I know what this really is. This is a monologue. But you really don't have the opportunity to say much here. But please understand, this is something that I struggle with as well. So as, I'm, as I am saying these things about these influences, you are not the only guilty party here. Paul says to the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and 6, he says this, Know ye not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Now what in the world is he talking about? Leaven is yeast. <clears throat> and so the idea is it just takes a little bit of yeast to blow the whole thing up. And to create the reaction that causes the growing of the bread. And he, says, and he says, so here's what you need to do. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven. In the Bible, yeast is referring to sin. And so sin in the life makes things much bigger, much worse. And he says, so here's what I want you to do. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump and ye are, as ye are unleavened. It doesn't take much to ruin a life. It doesn't take much to ruin a relationship. Just a little bit of poison goes a long way. The second thing I want us to keep in mind and remember this morning is just because everyone does it doesn't make it right. Do you remember your mama saying that? If everybody else were to jump off a bridge, yeah, I probably would actually. I don't know that I would drive my car off the cliff, but yeah, I would probably jump off the bridge. That's who I am. I also had 13 broken bones as a teenager because I would do stupid stuff like that. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, I love this. I mean, we are here to live differently. We are here to be transformed by Christ, not to be conformed to this world. And Paul says this to the church at Rome. He says, and be not conformed or don't imitate this world, but be transformed. We learned that word last week. It's the word metamorphosis. 
to be completely changed by the renewing of your mind that ye might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The third thing I want to mention here is that just because you could doesn't mean you should. I mean, do you remember when you first started driving? You white-knuckled it, right? Ten and two, baby. I went and got my driver's test, and the only car we had at the time now, this was like in the 1980s, so this was the ancient car back then. It was a 1964 Olds 98. I swear that car was 20 feet long. <laughs> that is probably not an exaggeration, all right? It's a four-door, hardtop, 1964 Olds 98. My dad was working on restoring, and my mom had driven our other car through the garage door. <clears throat> That's a whole other story. That was awesome. Um, and so this was the car that I had available to me to take my driver's test in bias ply tires. The blinker was not automatic. So like the, you know, the, the DMV rep is going outside looking at all my, all right, hit your left blinkers. I had to go dinker, 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 dinker. I had to manually do the dinker, right? It's, uh, because it didn't stay on. Anyway, so... But the cat, so I passed the driver's test, and I'm on my way home. My mom is like, I, I said, I said, Mama, can I drive home? She's like, No. She wouldn't drive with me for like the first couple of months. But I remember they dropped the car off for me at the high school one day, and I got to drive home by myself. And I'm looking in the back seat. No one's back. I mean, I'm by myself driving. It was the most glorious experience. And then I got on the road, and these cars start coming at you. You start to white knuckle it a little bit, right? That nervousness is all gone now. I can drive 80 miles an hour with my knees while putting salsa on my burrito. (laughs) Doesn't make me nervous at all. But just because I could doesn't mean I should, right? There's a big difference. We have tremendous freedom in Christ. There is almost no limit to what we can do. There is no limit to the sin that we can do that God can forgive. But I think that in the way that we live, there's a lot of freedom. Because that's what a great healthy relationship is all about. But Paul said this again to the church at Corinth in chapter 6, verse 12 of 1 Corinthians. He said, and look at that. I mean, if you stopped reading those first six words, it's a pretty impressive statement. All things are lawful unto me. Wow, Paul, that's a pretty big statement. All things are lawful unto me. And then he says this, but, I, but all things are not expedient. And that's a word that we don't use a lot anymore. But the idea is that it doesn't fit. It doesn't get me to where I'm going. It, the, 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 the round peg in the square hole thing, it doesn't fit. So all things are lawful, but not all things fit like there's I shouldn't do them because they don't agree with where I'm going and then he says this he reads a statement he said yes all things are lawful for me but I will not be brought under the power of any so there's nothing that I should be doing that masters me there's a so so just because I can do something doesn't mean that I should do it. Just because I could doesn't mean I should. 
So when we're talking about these negative influences, we're talking about movies and music and websites and and friends, what people would like me to do is to say, okay, don't go see this list of movies and don't listen to these songs. But I can't do that for you. So what we're going to do is take kind of a broad view here because I don't want to take a legalistic view and give you a list of things that you shouldn't do. Uh, Okay, so I'm not going to say no rated R movies. Because the Passion of the Christ is rated R. And I think it's a phenomenal movie. It's tough to watch. It's brutal. But it's a powerful movie. And there's like so many illustrations running through my head right now, but I want to be careful because I think a lot of you are wise enough and mature enough to sift through the garbage and find something decent. And some of what's out there is probably harmful. And to be honest with you, some of what you watch and listen to and see is probably not good for you and you know it anyway. But some of it probably is okay. And here's the gray area. Some of it you could watch with no problem or you could listen to with no problem, but I'd have a hard time with it. And vice versa. Because your background's different than mine and your relationships are different than mine. But again, just because you could doesn't mean you should. So how, here's here's the big Here's the million-dollar question. How do I know what influences are good and which ones are bad? How do I, all right, Eric, give me a list. I'm not going to do that. But how do I know? How do I become discerning? How do I know which ones God would be like, green light, and which ones would God be like, red light? Which one? Some of it's very obvious. Sometimes it's not so obvious. I know what doesn't work. Well, I'm just going to let my conscience be my guide. (laughs) Have you seen your conscience lately? (laughs) You know our conscience can be seared, right? Our conscience can become warped because of exposure. I know what else doesn't work. It doesn't bother me. I can handle it. It doesn't bother me. Maybe it should bother you. Maybe the maybe it doesn't maybe it not bothering you should bother you. Right? Maybe the fact that it that it's okay that you watch that or listen to that, maybe it should bother you. So here's a verse I'm going to give you on how to know what influence. So so Paul says to the church at Thessalonica, he says this, and, and by the way, this is the ending of the the letter that he wrote to them, this is chapter 5, the last chapter, last few verses here. He gives a lot of these one-liners here. And one of the one-liners is this, prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. And then the next verse says, abstain from all appearances of evil. And where I want to focus here is just a little bit is that, that idea of proving all things. It has the idea of examining everything. And I love the way the Amplified Bible puts it. So so here's what the Amplified Bible says. But test and prove all things until you can recognize 
that which is good. And hold fast to that. Doesn't that make sense? So like, let's take a look at the movies that we're watching, the friends that we spend time with, the parties that we are attending. Let's take a look at them and let's analyze them. Let's put them to the test until we can recognize them as good and then hang on to that which is good. So that's what we're going to try and do this morning. So, how to prove all things. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. I'm going to give you three quick things here, and that is, am I being entertained by sin? Now, here's, here's what I'm hoping. I, I, I don't have false aspirations for these three questions I'm going to give you, uh, because you can think of more questions that's not exhaustive. But what I'm hoping they do is cause you to pause and to think. All right, let's go watch this movie. Let's go to this concert. Let's go to that bar. Let's go here. Let's do this, okay? Let, let's, just, let's just pause and ask ourselves a few questions. First question is this. Am I being entertained by sin? Am I allowing myself to participate in this because it's funny? Do I look at things differently because it makes me laugh? And if it makes me laugh, it's okay. It's okay because it's funny. It's a funny movie. Or is it? Boy, I got quiet. I'm sorry. That's just an illustration. By the way, there is, there's a way to know what you're seeing before you go see it. You know that, right? I have an app on my phone called Kids in Mind. Kids-in-mind. You can get the deluxe version for like a buck ninety-nine. And every time we want to see a movie, I pull my phone out, and I look at what the review says. It rates everything on a scale of 1 to 10, nudity, violence, and language. And it will tell you, here is what you can expect to see in this movie. More detail than you probably want. Here's how many of these types of words are going to be in the movie. Here's how many of these types of words. Do you know how much embarrassment that has saved me as a dad? Have you ever walked out of a movie? Have you ever done it? Like just, this is just, no. And walked out of the movie. My wife and I did that one time, and we just happened to see the manager on our way out, and he said, he said, everything okay? I said, yeah, we just, there's just too much in that. We just couldn't handle it. He goes, let me give you your money back. He said, I'll give you two vouchers for another movie. Boom. But you have the ability to make a decision that would honor God. Are we being entertained by sin? I know this is tough, people. It's not an easy topic. And what's okay for you may not be okay for me. And what's all right for me may not be okay for you. I get that. But still, there's got to be a line somewhere. And God has an opinion. And just because it's okay doesn't mean it's okay. Just because you're okay with it. Second question is this. Is this pleasing to God? Well, I mean, Eric, if you're going to go there. I mean, if you're going to bring God into the conversation. Yeah, let's do that. Let's see if maybe he has an opinion. Is this pleasing to God? 
I like all kinds of music. I really do. I like all kinds, but, but I, one thing I've tried to teach my family, my kids, is, is, is the words are not always okay. And the same artist on the same album can have a great song, but it doesn't mean that we can put our stamp of approval on everything that artist does because the next four songs might be terrible. It's about influence. And if you hear about someone all the time loving the one they're with, then maybe it's going to influence you. (laughs) Is it pleasing to God? And then thirdly, does it lure me away from Christ? Does it lure me away from Christ? So, all right, Eric, so what if I don't believe that it's poison? What if I don't believe it's toxic? You might be right. Or you may just have a distorted view of what right and wrong is. I'm not saying, but it's worth asking, right? If I want to honor God with my life, and I don't want to be a hypocrite, and he died for these sins that I commit, and even though I do have freedom in Christ, my relationship with him ought to be a better motivator to live holy than a bunch of laws that I'm supposed to follow. My love for him and my appreciation for what he's done and the pit that he dragged me out of ought to be the motivating factor for me not to crawl back into that pit. (laughs) Some of you are saying, well, shucks. This is going to be tough. Now what am I going to do? This is me too. This is me too. There's a show that my family and I watch. Melissa doesn't like it so much. But Kimber and I always like like to watch it. It's called The Blacklist. I know, I know. You like it too. <laughs> so we're, Melissa, so, so Kimber and I are riding in the car. This is just like, seriously, three days ago, she had no idea what I was speaking about. And she's like, Dad... I was just thinking about the blacklist. Now, you have to understand, Kimber, she will circle the runway like 50 times before she lands the plane. I'm like, honey, what are you trying to say? She goes, well, I just don't know that if some of the words they use is something that we should be listening to. Girl, don't be taking away my blacklist. Me and Raymond Reddington, man, we're like, you know. So do I think that there's anything wrong with watching the blacklist? I really don't. But I don't want to hurt my girl either. And if the Holy Spirit is kind of working on her heart about that, I'm going to have to watch it when she's not in the room. I mean, that's just, because <laughs> I don't want to hurt her growth in Christ. <laughs> But I live in this culture too. Do you feel that? I mean, it's like, I know this is a difficult struggle. But here's what bothers me. We're not even asking the questions. 
we're just gobbling it all up like it's good for us. And we go with our girlfriends and watch raunchy movies because they're funny. And we, are, we allow everything because of the freedom that we enjoy in Christ. But they are toxic influences that have a negative effect on how we live and our holiness and the relationships that we enjoy with Christ and our family. Let me just give you a few things that I think might help. So, so what to do from here, and, and, I, and, and we're about done here. I just want to kind of give you these because I want to give you some traction when you leave here this morning. I don't want you just being like, okay, yeah, I really need to think about this more. I want to give you some traction, like what to do from here. Number one, ask God to help you uncover toxic influences in your life. Now, here's why I intentionally put that word uncover, because you may not even know that they're there. But I believe this, if you have an honest conversation with the Lord, he will let you know. See, the the beautiful thing is, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Bible says this, that when you trusted Christ to save you, the Holy Spirit moved in. And the Holy Spirit not only seals you and guarantees your eternal security, but the Holy Spirit is there to prick your heart and to make you feel bad about stuff and to point you in the right direction. And so if if the Holy Spirit's living inside of you, and you have this conversation like, all right, so what, what are we going to say about this? I want you to uncover in my life those areas where I am allowing toxic influences in. I have a feeling that God has an opinion about it. And if you have this desire to get closer to him, then he'll let you know. That's more powerful than me guilting you. It's more It's more effective than me giving you a list on Sunday morning of movies not to go see. Number two, confess those toxic influences to God and ask for his help. Confess it. I mean, he already knows anyway, right? So it makes sense to be honest with him. God, you've uncovered these. I need to confess this to you. What does confess mean? It means to agree with God about the issue. Confess it to God and then ask for his help. Number three, establish filters in your life against toxic influences. What are we talking about? I'm talking about parameters, rules, guidelines, check boxes, whatever you want to say when it comes to what movies we're going to go see, what we're going to watch on TV, what websites we're going to visit, what magazines we purchase, what music we listen to, what are going to be our filters? How will we know what is right and what is wrong? I'm going to prove all things. So ask God to help you make a list and come up with filters in your life. Establish best practices for you and your family. What I'm trying to do is teach my family how to establish parameters in their life. And what are we teaching our children? What are we allowing? Teach your children well. Number four, focus on and strengthen the positive influences in your life. It's about improving those relationships in your life that produce the best results. 
Instead of getting super close, seeing, instead of seeing how close we can get to the line, how about let's see how close we can get to the Lord? How about let's listen to the word of God? Let's, let's read good books. Let's, let's listen to encouraging music. Let's, let's encourage beneficial relationships with people. Let's see what we can do to strengthen positive influences in our life. Someone gave me a verse this morning after church. Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's a positive influence, putting God's word in your heart, memorizing scripture. And then number five, commit to drawing closer to God daily. And this is the, this is the secret, folks. The Christian life is not about you showing up here on Sunday. Glad you're here. Please continue that behavior. But the Christian life is about what you do on Monday. That is what the Christian life is all about. And every morning and every afternoon, it's this relationship. You're checking in with the Lord. You're working on this. You're committing to drawing closer to God on a daily basis. What kind of relationship would I have with my wife if we only saw each other for an hour a week and never communicated the rest of the week? It'd be weird, but it's like this thing, this, this Christian life is all about a daily commitment and communication to build a relationship. The Bible says if you draw closer to God, guess what he's going to do? He'll draw closer to you. Here's what's great. You don't have to confess anything to me. I don't need to know your struggles. Unless you want me to help you pray with them or you need some guidance, that's fine. But there's enough information in this message and from the word of God that I believe that we can begin to filter out the toxic influences in our lives because they matter. They matter. Garbage in, garbage out. Toxicity in, toxicity out. It'll have a negative effect. So I encourage you, I encourage you to have that conversation with the Lord and set the parameters in your life for your family, for yourself personally, to eliminate toxic influences. Let's pray. Father, I realize this is a heavy topic, but, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those subjects, it's one of those things that you address so clearly in Scripture that our freedom is not necessarily a freedom to sin. Our freedom is, is this relationship that we enjoy and help us to live a life that is honoring to you so that we can be the salt and light in this world. That There is a difference because of the relationship that we enjoy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.